Since 2012, American Field has been the go-to resource for brands big and small to connect with consumers across the country. In 2020, we took to the airwaves, connecting you to makers and doers from wherever you're listening. I'm Lucas Fitz from Small Hand, inviting you to join me in learning the stories behind my favorite brands in the AF network, from the mouths of bright entrepreneurs from coast to coast. Welcome to AF Fireside. Hey there, welcome back to AF Fireside. Excited as always to have you back with us, continuing in our mini theme of brands that are gonna be joining us for a Hill Country hoedown in Austin, Texas. Uh, when I think of Texas, I think of the connection to land, the connection to uh, our animal friends, and today is the first time that we're having a guest that's going to be super dog-centric. I'm excited, relatively new dog dad, uh, to welcome another dog dad onto the podcast, Addison Edmonds, who is the founder of Gunner Kennels. Addison, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I am excited to learn more about uh, a subset, a niche in the market that I know very little about. Uh, so we're really just going to start from the bottom and build our way up. Uh, can you give me a rundown of what, what Gunner Kennels is and what you all do? Sure. So we primarily make um, the one of the, I guess, the safest travel dog crate in the world. Um, it's a double wall rotomolded dog crate, um, primarily the intention was for travel, for safety for your dog when traveling. Um, and we're easing into other dog products that really, that I wasn't satisfied with. Like there's a lot of junk in terms of pet products out there. And so my roadmap is just like anything that I use on a daily basis for my dog, I feel like I can make it better. And a lot of it's made very, very poorly. So um, we we're, we're aiming to be a brand that represents, you know, you want the best for your dog, you go to Gunner. Um, and yeah, so we're right at seven years in as of like two weeks ago. Um, and it's, uh, we just, we got outside of the kennel space and we launched a dog food crate, like the best of the best dog food crate and really excited Been been working really hard on more products to extend out into more categories. Cool. Um, had you like seen yourself at what point in the journey did you see the brand as like a full spectrum brand versus kind of the signature product? Uh, so I think from the beginning, I, I knew that I wanted it to be a lifestyle brand. Um, I'm probably the biggest fan of Yeti coolers because I was the exact target demographic. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was I was in college. I um, was hunting and fishing every day may or may not have been passing all my classes because I was hunting and fishing so much and they came out okay. and yeah. So I, I sponsored a, uh, a ducks unlimited banquet with an advertising company that I'd started my junior year and they gave me a Yeti cooler. And I was just so blown away of just like, wow, this I've been buying five or six of the cheap coolers every year. Cause they don't last mm -hmm. saw that cooler. And I was running an advertising company. It was going well, but I'm not an advertising salesman and I really didn't love it. And I knew that there was something bigger. And so I had this idea to make, basically take the concept of Yeti, taking an ice chest, fixing the core function of ice chest, which is like ice retention and making that 10 times better. And then just making it better for at that time, it was their hardcore hunt fish guys. So I was pretty big into working gunner my dog he was a hunting dog and um i just started thinking somebody's got to make something better than the 60 dollars flimsy walmart crate that 
that everybody has. Mm-hmm. And so I sold that company and got married and and put everything I had into starting this one. And um, you know, I think we it took a long time to get the kennel right and safe and all that. But like I spent a ton of time in the beginning making sure that the the branding and the logo and just the feel was a was a, a lifestyle brand. So I kind of I always imagined it and Yeti kind of wrote this playbook. It was just like make a your core product that's gonna prove itself in terms of quality. And then you can start getting outside of that core product and get into other for me dog products. And because we've got the quality name behind our brand or quality theme you know you know that everybody's gonna anything that we do is gonna have quality behind it and also a huge emphasis of customer service like we go out of our way to make sure that our customers are happy and it's something that big companies don't really pay attention to but you know if you bought a kennel from us and you ripped off a handle and you were mad enough about it we'd send you a new kennel just to make it right like our customer service team they have the right to do whatever they need to do to make it right. And we're not as concerned with, you know, the, the balance sheet or income, whatever the financials, sure. you know, when it comes to making it right. Yeah. There's a different balance that comes with that. With that yeah. A different kind of equilibrium. That's cool. You know, this, the, the anecdote of, you know, there was something, there was something in the market that I think wasn't good enough. And I set out to improve it that I, I've heard that a lot with a lot of different entrepreneurs, but usually, or more often than not, it's a, it's a candle, or it's I think of a friend that has like a leather conditioner. Um, and that's not, you know, small things, big things, all sorts of things are have their challenges. But what did you know about dog crates? <laughs> like, how did you how did you start? That's a good, that's a great question. Because I've I've always been a tinker. I like I've always tried to put components from one thing on. I've got a picture in my office that when I was seven years old, I wanted a a basketball shoe that had the straps, the pumps, and the lights, which was like LA Gear, Reebok, and maybe Nike. Yeah. And I like drew, drew this shoe that had all of them and sent it to I forget who it was. I think it might have been Nike. They actually did like a rendering of what it would look like. And sent it back being like, we can't make this shoe because proprietary, whatever, but here's what it would look like. And I've got on there like age seven. So, I mean, ever oh, since cool. I was little, I've always been thinking. And and when I was in college, like I made different products thinking like, well, you know, I really need a cutting board on my tailgate and like made a cutting board that fit on my tailgate to clean my, you know, game. And, and, and it's, I've just kind of always been a tinker. And then when I came up with the idea for the kennels, um, I didn't know much about, I mean, I wish I would have taken engineering classes. I probably would have failed out, but like, I didn't know anything about that part of it, but I just figured, um, I can figure out a way to make this work. And that's kind of the biggest hurdle that I tell people that are starting companies is just like every day, it's going to feel like some major hurdle is stopping you from getting to the next phase. I mean, every day you're, there's a, there's a fire alarm trying to get to the next phase and, my dad taught me who started a company 40 years ago. Uh, you just got to figure out a way to go under it, go around it, go over it, or just sure. break through the cuss word thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Say it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, totally. I mean, I just, I just figured out, I mean, it was really, I'm not going to lie. Like it was, it was really, really hard. Like it, it was really hard up until it's still really hard. It's actually just now gotten a touch easier. And like our brand awareness is so much bigger in the hunting space primarily but um we had our first 
kid the day our website launched and 48 wow. months later we had our fourth kid and and i feel like you know my wife and i she's such a saint we've put ourselves through a washing machine for the last seven years but it's great i mean we're yeah we're enjoying it and um having fun there you got a couple you have a couple good years before they become teenagers yeah i'm then trying to push pause and they won't do it you're in for it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're screwed. Cool. <laughs> three three girls and a boy. The boy turned three yesterday. Wow. And the oldest girl turned seven two weeks, two or three weeks ago. And wow. Yeah, I'm I'm in for it for sure. That's a that's a crew. That's definitely a crew. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So at what point in the journey did you identify as an entrepreneur? I've never for some reason liked that term. Mm-hmm. Although that's what I guess it is. And I yeah. think it's because I, I Hate see to tell people you. that are like, well, like, I think it's because there's like life insurance salesmen that, yeah. that have a company. I mean, they're, they're, they're entrepreneurs, I guess, but it's like, they were set up. It's almost like owning a franchise. Like yeah. that's an entrepreneur, but you like had a game plan handed to you. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like I don't want to like get into it, but like I had to, I had to figure everything out. I, I, on my, do you know, time hop, the app time hop yeah. that shows you like, yep. so like on my time hop, it's like eight or nine years ago, there's like to-do lists and it's like, figure out shit about shipping. And yeah. fi- like, I, I had to do everything. And like, yeah. I ended up in the hospital with shingles in year two, because I was trying to do everything, customer service, marketing, Jesus. accounting, finance, yeah. new products, quality control, like literally everything. And um, so I guess that's, I still don't, love the term but i guess that's what i am i mean i I started a company in high school just a lawn care company and then started that advertising company in college um so i just seeing my dad growing up when i was growing up where he could attend every sporting event and you know um have a little bit more flexibility i just always knew that i was going to do that um for raising a family totally i mean that's a thing that i've only recently in my life taken a, a full bite of that you don't ever, I don't think I'm ever going to lose that taste. That's like, no, boy, you want to talk about freedom. It, yeah. Yeah. You, you can't work for anybody else. I had to, I sold that advertising company, got married in order to buy our first house. The bank said, what do you do for work? And I laughed. I said, I'm retired. I just sold my business. And, and they're like, that's not funny. Uh, you've got to have a job. <laughs> so well, I was a, te- I was a technical recruiter for three months, like literally calling up people that, we're really good at coding and making websites and I don't, I really don't know what and, and getting them jobs. And I hated every day of it because I was like, I could be doing, I could be doing handyman work and yeah. make more money than I'm making now. Literally the day the bank called me and said, you've got the loan. I quit that job and went full-time into um, trying to continue to start. I was in the process of starting the kennel company, but I just had to get a job for three months. So yeah. Yeah. Once huh. you have it, I mean, once you, taste it you never are able to turn it off like it's 24 yeah. 7 you wake up in the middle of the night thinking i've got all this pressure on me and stuff but it's um it's it's a lot more stress but i, I think you get to enjoy it because you're making such a big difference and all of our employees are like uh very very invested like they all that nobody works eight to five everybody works 24 7 and it's really yeah. cool um because we don't you know you don't want to demand that but everybody really takes a lot of ownership yeah. and and it that's cool. I mean, providing an opportunity to to spend your time doing something you can get behind. I think that and like, uh, you know, my wife who was 
she was my girlfriend at the time, Emily, I was telling her about this idea for this kennel company. And she was like, I can see it from here. And we we're kind of talking about how to make it the best company. And it's like the best, you know, if you got to spend most of your life at work, why not make it enjoyable? Like everybody brings their dogs to work. It's not hard, stringent hours. Like everybody gets their job. If they've got to leave early for a appointment, great. If you, you know, but everybody gets it done. And it's just, um, it's a different feel that, that I'm really proud of because I, we love our employees and, and we don't think of them as employees. I mean, it's coworkers, you know, I don't mm. think of myself as like, I'm not anybody's boss actually, but um, yeah, I mean, it's a, hopefully we continue on that path. Like it's a, it's a great place to work. Cool. I dig it. Um, I just had another good question for you and it went right out of my head because you just speak so passionately about your job. <laughs> I love uh, it. I just, I ramble. No, 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 you're good. So when you are looking at the future of the company, where do you see yourself going in the next handful of years? Yeah, so, you know, we've got a pretty good roadmap of products. Um, and primarily we started, you know, for the hardcore hunting dog owner, um, pretty much built the kennel like for the back of your truck. And then because of the safety aspect, and we've had so many safe stores. I mean, there's tons of our customers that don't hunt, don't, you know, don't do, they just want a safe ride for their dog. And, and sure. so um, they're able to make, make it work. But, but in terms of products, like we want to be known in the future as you want the best thing for your dog. I already said that, but you go to Gunner. So like yeah. right now I'm in the, I'm in the puppy phase. I just got a puppy a month ago and I'm training them every day. And I've come up with six new products in the last two weeks because the <laughs> cool. tra training products for puppies, it's all junk. So yeah, that roadmap's going to spin a little bit, but it'll make sense. Um, you know, we're very, our, our, we have a lot of military and police dogs that have our kennels. We have a lot of just invested family dog owners that have our kennels, but primarily it's hunting dog owners. And, you know, the, the core of the story is the core of our brand and who we are is, you know, I loved my dog Gunner so much that I wanted to make him the best crate possible. So people just because who we are, you, you know, I'm a big outdoorsman. That's the the brand right now is, you know, primarily hunting. But when you get down to it is I started this company for the love of my dog. I think that a lot more people can get, you know, get behind that story. And so as we come out with other products, less, hunting dog centric and we'll still make hunting dog products. Like I still mm -hmm. have a lot of plans. That's, those are the things that, I, that I'm the most passionate about, but you know, it's all about the love of your dog. And we had, we had one customer service, uh, customer experience worker that started and he's great. Uh, his name's Luke. He, he's a big hunter. And, um, I met, I met with him a week or two after he started saying, Hey, how's it going? And he was like, I'm not gonna lie. I figured it was going to be like Doug dynasty when I came here. Like I thought everybody <laughs> hunted. I thought everybody had hunting dogs and like literally there's five or six of us that have that hunt and have hunting dogs. And, you know, some people will deer hunt, but not duck hunt, but most people are just love their dog. I mean, that's most of, of everybody that works here just loves their dog. So, I mean, that's what we will transition into is more of a brand that stands for quality made in America as much of a lifetime guarantee, like good customer service. You know, mm -hmm. that's what we're, we're going towards. It's an interesting, uh, interesting story to tell though, in the middle ground where 
you know, you, you have this image, you've worked very hard for this image in this niche. How do you, what's the strategy for balancing those two stories so that, you know, no one is no, no potential customers feels left out. Yeah. I mean, you can't alienate your, your, your spear, your, your spearhead, your core market. So like, Hmm. it's a balance. I mean, it's a, it's a hard balance. We've, we've got customer personas that our marketing team has identified um, that they're going to kind of test the waters for that are more of, of dog owners that go camping and do stuff outdoors with their dogs, but maybe they hunt once a year, but they don't bring their dog, but they're, you know, it's, they're not against hunting or anything like that. I mean, we take very seriously, like the whole hunting issue. It's not, it's not kill, kill, kill. It's not kill shots for social media. I mean, it's literally conservation and being out in God's world and enjoying that. And so, um, but it's hard because you can't just right now where we're in the middle of it, you can't make a product for a frou-frou dog at home. You know, it wouldn't make sense for our brand. Sure. But as we, as we kind of continue to make good products for hunting dogs and then make just good products for dogs, like I think that we can branch out and, and make it make sense, but it's a tough balance, I guess is yeah. the way to put it. Totally. I'm sure it doesn't, it doesn't not work in your favor that it's dogs. And that's like, what could be more lovable and easy to get behind as a dog. That's like a thing. I didn't, I didn't get it until I was one. <laughs> we it's, it's crazy how much you end up loving your dog. And like, we really lucked into that because social media was kind of started at the time. And, and it just so happened that people love pictures of puppies and, yeah. you know, anything that has to do with dogs, like, really work yeah and, and it's just i'm so proud that we're able to do this and it's it's just like to me it's so cool that we can make something out of nothing and it not only like helps people enjoy their relationship with their dog but in some instances i mean we've had stories that have saved a lot of stories that have saved dogs lives and wrecks but also saved a couple people's lives in a wreck like wow. the kennel held up the roof oh wow of in a rollover accident so they could escape out of the back, like in a flood. And there's been a, it's just really cool. The impact that we made. And I I literally never take the time to just sit back and go, wow, this is so cool. But you know, being in the dog space, dogs just make our lives better. And that's what you've got to recognize. It's just like dogs make your life better. If you're having a really shitty day, who's going to love to see you? Who's going to like make you feel better. It's your dog. Yeah. And so, yeah. So like if, if we can continue doing this, like to improve that relationship, we're going to try to, you know, make the world a better place. I love it. So uh, let's go back. I want to go back into the shoes of you just quit your technical recruiter job. Um, you're, you're just about to make this uh, big investment of your, your time and energy into this brand that now seven years later, I think you should take that time to say, man, this is cool. Cause it is cool. It's very cool. But there are lots of people out there that are in that position right now. If you could speak to, to people uh, that were at the point you were when you quit that technical job, what advice would you give them that, that you've learned over the course of your company's growth? You just, I mean, I've made every mistake that there is to make. Like we're, we're cleaning up. I hired a CEO who started right before COVID because I was the CEO and I'm a terrible CEO, but um, it, it, yeah. 
you've got, okay, we're still cleaning up mistakes that I've made throughout the years. I mean, we had sure. four kids trying to launch, like it was, everything was just got to come from cluster. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you just gotta, I always say that I was just dumb enough to be blind to all the risk. Mm-hmm. And like, I just knew no matter what, no matter what I was going to make it work. And that meant like, I don't think I'm an expert in anything, but you know, if you're passionate enough about starting something, you can take the time and learn whatever you need to learn to, to make it work. And it's just a, it's just a blind, like, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to let it fail no matter what. And there's been plenty of times where I'm like, call Emily up on the way home from work. Hey, we're celebrating. What are we celebrating? Uh, We're never going to, I shouldn't even tell the story. The company was at a low point in Mm -hmm. terms of cash flow. And I was just like, we're, we're hopefully we're never going to be this low in cash flow again. It's only up from here. I I love it. I love it. It's setting goals and like doing everything you can do to just start knocking them off the list. Yeah. And it's, it's not easy. And I, I, I don't know, but you just have to, if you believe in it, you're passionate about it and other people can get behind it. Um, just figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I hate, I hate to use the word, but that, that is like how I would define an entrepreneur is that, that spirit, you know, however, however you want to call it. <laughs> There's a million ways to skin a cat, but yeah, that like, and I feel like at least in maybe in my experience and from what I've heard from others, that's like the traits that you're describing are things that it took, it takes a long time of people telling you that you're like that to realize that's not a thing you see in yourself first, I think. Right. And that right. takes, that takes some time. I'm not saying I'm there yet, but it, it takes time to be able to notice that in yourself. And especially like, you know, when, when you're able to say, admit you weren't a good CEO that like it takes a lot of screwing up to be able to admit those things, you know? Yeah. Well, I <laughs> think, cool. I think what it is is yet. And there's never any time to sit back and think about it. Cause you're in the 24, 24, seven mindset of making yeah. it work. Like you're still right. so obsessed with working and making it work. You don't, you don't like, it's not in my DNA to sit back and think about it, you know? Sure. sure. Well, it's like, I mean, it's like the penultimate problem of having a small brand. Are, are you going to bail the water out of the boat or are you going to try to move a foot forward? Right. If your right. feet are wet, you're going to bail the water out of the boat. It's just how it goes. You know, I, I think the entrepreneur tries to do that both and make a sale and get, yeah. get a motor ride. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fight off, the fight off Every, the pirates. Yeah. And check the weather. Uh, all things all at once. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I'm, I'm stoked to check out the brand in person in Austin uh, for folks that aren't going to be able to make it to the event. Where is the best place to learn more about what y'all do and, and how to support? Um, gunner.com. It's G-U-N-N-E-R.com. Or um, it's got a, we just released a video. So we had a really cool video put together kind of our story and how, why we cool. started a couple of years ago. And then we just released one that says, uh, thank you, Gunner. There's a video that we made when we found out that my dog Gunner had cancer all the way up to the end, all the way up to now the new puppy. Um, and it's a little emotional for a minute, but it ends on a yeah. good note. And we're just trying to show, you know, it's the worst part about owning a dog, but it's still real and, and, yeah. you know, authentic, but um, Gunner.com. And then I'm sure, you know, Instagram is Gunner Kennels and 
Cool. Uh, I don't, I don't know what the rest of them yeah. are, but I'm going to, I'm going to check that video that. out, but only once I've got everything else done on my list, because yeah. it sounds like I'm not doing much after that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm definitely going to check that out though. Definitely. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to with us today. Uh, again, Gunner's going to be popping up with us in Austin in May at the Hill Country Hoedown. So hope to see you there. Uh, and maybe you'll leave with a count. Anything's possible. Yeah, that's right. Cool, we'll be there. We're excited. I love it. Thanks again for your time. Look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks. Appreciate <laughs> it. Take care. I'm Lucas Fitz, and this is AF Fireside. To learn more about all the brands featured on the podcast, check out fireside.shopaf.co. And don't forget to subscribe to us on your streaming platform of choice. Thanks for listening.